Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 119. In this episode, you're going to hear from Sarah Weger. Sarah makes greeting cards that sound like you. So Sarah and I, we talk about postpartum depression, how to get honest with yourself and how you feel, and being intentional with your time. Stay tuned because I know that you're not going to want to miss this episode. It's so good. But first, if you're liking the Ordinary to Badass podcast, I would be so grateful if you headed over to iTunes and left a five-star rating and review. Here's the thing. We get more people to this podcast when you leave a rating and review. It helps badasses just like you to find the show. And then after you do leave that rating and review screenshot it, send it to me on Instagram or throw it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Ordinary to Badass. I would be so grateful. And I want to be able to say thank you because I know you're busy. You got a lot going on. So it means the world to me when you take time out and leave a rating and review. And if you're busy and you got a lot going on and don't have time to do that, it'd be cool if you just sent it to a friend. Send it to a friend who you knew could find the episodes or the podcast helpful. All right, with that, let's get to the interview with Sarah. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm glad you're here. Today's guest is Sarah Weger. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm super excited for this too. So before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about this question because I've heard it on your other episodes and this might not be the conventional answer, but it's the one I've come to the conclusion with. And I feel like I am both and I feel like I have to be both that they go hand in hand. Uh, I think that we have, I think we've kind of put this negative, you know, connotation around the idea of being ordinary or being bland or, you know, that we don't stand out and that kind of thing. But I feel like we all can do a lot while being ordinary and that sometimes you need to be ordinary. You have to do the ordinary work in order to be a badass. And so that's kind of, I I think it's okay to be ordinary. (laughs) And I know that might not go along with the entire mission of this podcast, but I, but I kind of, I feel that. And I also, I look at it. So I look at those words as adjectives. And I also, you know, that, that was that first part of that answer is looking at them as adjectives. The second part of it is that I feel like ordinary, like being ordinary or being a badass or being both they're adjectives as well. So ordinary to me, when I think about the times that I feel like 
ordinary and I feel kind of bland, you know, like I'm not doing anything to stand out in that moment during those times, I feel like I just haven't actually done the work yet to look at myself and really like look deeply and at length about what makes me stand out and what, what I can do to be a badass, to be unique, to be different. And so to me, being ordinary is kind of just like the, the, the result of not doing that work and being a badass. I feel like I'm a badass. I feel like I'm living a badass life when I have done that work. And I am, I'm really like honed in on what makes me different, what makes me unique, how I can, what I have to offer the world to set me apart. So you've mentioned a couple times about, or a couple times about doing the work. What is doing the work to you, or what does that look like? What are things you do to, you know, to feel more badass or to put the work in? Great question. So, I know for a fact that before I started, you know, doing the work, I'll define that one second. That I, I more often than not, I mean, I, I would say I was living an ordinary life and I felt ordinary. I felt like I wasn't anyone that stood out. I was just kind of like everyone else. I had nothing really to offer. That was, you know, especially like during college and high school and all that. But after I started really paying attention to what made me stand out and more specifically in tangible ways, I started following people on social media, reading blogs, reading articles, books, things that, you know, that were hosted by people who were like unapologetic about being a total weirdo. (laughs) And so I just, I looked at them and I thought they look like they're having so much fun. Like how much more fun would it be to have this like super obnoxious, vibrant, fun, outgoing, nerdy lifestyle, like all the things that I really have always been deep down that I kind of like suppressed by things like minimalism and, and living a very simple life. And, you know, things like telling myself things like, well, I don't, I don't really need anything. I don't really want anything. I'm happy with what I have. I kind of, I don't know what it was that made me make that shift or when exactly it happened. It might've just been over time, but that's what I started doing. I just started paying more attention to the things that actually made me feel more like myself. And I started absorbing more of that, more of those people, more of that content. And I just let myself have fun with it. And so now, now that I, I, since having that realization, I, I now do like doing the work now means things like, you know, having time every single day, just here and there, it can be a few minutes at a time to, follow things that make me feel happy, like follow things that make me feel good. Um, Carve out time to have fun, like carve out time. I mean, I'm an artist. I illustrate greeting cards, carving out time to draw, to create something, to just be a weirdo, listen to comedy, you know, just things that light me up. Right. That's what I call it, you know, doing the work. Yes. I love that. And I like how you said, like, you started looking at people that are like unapologetically weird. Yes that's the exact thing that people try to cover up on like social media or they feel like, Oh, I can do that at home, but not in front of people. So I like that yeah. you, you kind of dig into that. It's so much more fun. <laughs> I'm like a, I call it. I think of myself as like a recovering minimalist. Like that was great and fine. And yes, my desk was super organized, but now I look at it. I'm like, I've got little tchotchkes and fun little toys and, you know, prints and just artwork and all these things that are like, they just light me up, you know, it's all the little things. Yeah. So yeah, just more fun, just having fun and following the people that make you feel like you're having fun in life. 
So good. I can't wait to dive into more, but first, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I, you know this, I'm the youngest of eight uh, in a yep, very large Irish Catholic family. <laughs> um, I, I grew up as, you know, I, I assume the role, no one told me to in my family, but I assume the role of like going with the flow, you know, choosing the path of least resistance, not just for myself, but for everyone, uh, you know, cause as you might know, you're one of six, um, there's not a whole lot of room for like, Hey, tell me what your opinion is <laughs> on the plans for this weekend. It's nope. It's like, Hey, Sarah, get in the car. We're going to go to like five different games. Then we're going to go to this recital. Then we're going to do this. Da, 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 and it's just, okay. So I, I've grown up kind of going with the flow and then, uh, as you guys might see in your family, um, I was also very competitive with my siblings and that led to playing uh, volleyball in college. I, I was able to get a scholarship at a division one school in Southern California. And um, it was more of that, like, you know, kind of fall in line, do what you're told. Not, this was not as extreme with my parents or my family, a very loving family, <laughs> um, but just more of that, uh, you know, basically don't make any big waves, like do what you're told, work super hard, push through the pain, da, 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 like whatever it would take to win. And I carried that personality, that mentality into motherhood. And I had a, I had a really hard time when my daughter was born uh, three and a half years ago. I had a, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety. And I, you know, because it's what I did all through my life before that point, it was more of, you know, oh, I, not listening to my gut and not listening to how I really felt. And it was more of, well, yes, motherhood is supposed to be hard. Like maybe this is exactly what it's supposed to look like. And I need to, you know, push through the pain, figure out another way. Well, you know, what I realized, long story short, is that depression and anxiety don't really work that way. Uh, it might not even matter how you handle it. It might just be the fact that you need professional help. So I got to the point where, God, I'm sorry, this is a lot of words telling me a little bit. No, about I love it. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I sought professional help. I got professional help. I, you know, it was a combination of, well, a lot of therapy, uh, talking things through medication, a lot more reflection, more of listening to my gut and, and how I really felt inside and not suppressing that anymore. And, um, you know, we can get into the details of this as well with my cards, but, you know, fast forward, you know, through the, the last three, four years and with my cards and my, my business and just everything that I'm doing in my life, that's really been my mission is to be real with myself, with my products and what I'm putting out there. And to help people feel like, you know, like me when I was going through my stuff that my cards help them feel seen and understood with what they're going through and make them feel okay to say that they're not okay. Uh, and that's kind of, yep, that's kind of where I'm at today. So will you explain your cards a little bit more and what your cards are about and how they came about? Sure. Um, so I've started telling people that I created my greeting card company, both accidentally and very intentionally. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I was a graphic designer for 
about 10 years and I was super burned out of that job. I was, you know, freelancer, but again, I just said, I got to, you know, work harder, find a different way, but it was actually looking back. It was mild depression at the time. And that's what made that job really hard. But during that, those years, I would get invited to like a friend's baby shower or, you know, it'd be my parents' anniversary or something. And I, I would go to the store trying to find a card for that, that, but I couldn't because it just nothing sounded like me mm-hmm. or they were like super outdated, you know, cheesy baby shower cards. And I, so I just make my own. So accidentally I kind of started creating my own collection. And then, um, after having my daughter and going through what I did as sort of part of my healing. And after realizing that we're not super great at talking about the hard things, um, or knowing what to say to someone going through them, I started, you know, creating cards that, <laughs> that I would have wanted to receive in that time. And they might've been a little bit snarky, like congrats on your baby. Sorry about your boobs. Like <laughs> no one told me that how unfair it is and what happens. Um, or like, you know, same thing, like congrats on your baby. Sorry about your hair, you know, with the postpartum hair loss, it's just things that kind of made me laugh, but it was also a creative outlet for me. So I realized, you know, my cards, yes, some of them are funny and they just kind of fill the need for, you know, cards that sound like the rest of us, but they also now, I really, really love to focus in on cards for sucky, tough situations that, sound genuine, you know, that aren't cheesy and that aren't trying to like solve someone's problem. They're just, because we, I found we don't have nearly enough cards like that. So that's really my mission is to meet people where they are in their struggle, ask them, what would you love to see or hear in a card that would make your day? And then designing cards specifically for those people. Oh, that's so cool. Um, I, because I think, we get the same things over and over again. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't always like, yes, don't get me wrong. The thought of giving somebody a card or getting a card. Yes. That means something, but sometimes it's just like you said, the same old blah and it's kind of like, (laughs) (laughs) or maybe it doesn't make you feel better, you know? (laughs) Right. And and honestly, even though like we all of course know it's coming from a good place. I mean, the fact that someone took time out of their day to hand write a card is, is amazing. But sometimes like that card might have unsolicited advice on it. And you're like, you know, when you're, when you're depressed, it's, it's not exactly the thing you want to hear when someone is like, make a list of things you're grateful for, or look on the bright side. It's like, no, that is not how this works. It's not that simple. Otherwise I wouldn't be going through this. Right. Thank you for making me feel worse about like not figuring out a way to get past it. It's like, no, that just, that's not how it works. So I appreciate you saying that. It's yeah. Yeah. Well, and I won't go all into this, but like I lost a loved one um, that was special to me and everybody, oh, everything happens for a reason. Like, who does that make feel better? You know, oh, I'm, <laughs> Nobody. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Some re- sometimes maybe that reason is that it's really shitty and it's a dumb idea. Like whatever the reason is. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so I have, oh, I could go off yeah. on that. Um. Yeah. So to go back to like the postpartum depression and the anxiety that you felt, how did you go to get help? Because I know a lot of times we struggle with it, but then we think we can figure it out on our own, but what was the step mm-hmm. or why did you decide to go get help? Good question. And I, I wish that I never went through it, but now that I have, I love talking about it because it's so important. So I appreciate you asking. Um, 
I accidentally, I, I accidentally got help in a way. <laughs> I, um, so when I was going through my stuff, I had someone very close to me who was, um, they had actually, you know, they were going through an addiction problem and they had relapsed. And before I was diagnosed, this was only like days before I was diagnosed with my stuff. When they relapsed, I thought, you know, I kind of venting to my husband. I thought, like I said, you know, of course this happened because they, they like at the time that person wasn't able to talk about it. Anytime I checked in with them and asked how they were, it was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's great. You know? And, and then that happened and in a rant kind of venting and just sad and frustrated. I said, like, you know, how is this person ever going to get past this thing if they can't even acknowledge that it exists and that it's there. And so then, <laughs> you know, a week later I get diagnosed and part of me is like, fuck. And now I need it either. <laughs> like, I don't want to be a total hypocrite. And, you know, so either I'm a total hypocrite or I need to practice what I preach here and like admit that I have a problem and go through the steps of getting help and addressing it. And so I kind of just chose, I chose that route and I wasn't yet ready to like, you know, tell my parent, like my whole big family in a text or anything like that. I just thought, the easiest way for me at this point, I just thought I'm going to throw this out into the abyss of like my personal Instagram and, and yes, I like my parents would know and, but I wasn't ready to handle like the family group texts and all that. stuff. I just thought I'll respond when I want and that'll be that. But what happened was putting it out there. I, I was like overwhelmed. I was so surprised by the number of people that reached out to me, either like in a comment or in a message saying, wow, thank you for sharing this. I'm going through the same thing, or I went through the same thing and I didn't totally know it and I didn't get help and it was terrible. Or, you know, partners reaching out saying, my wife is going through this right now. It's been really hard. And so, I mean, there was like almost a hundred people with individual comments or messages about this. And I thought, you know what, this is, it's so calm. It's not just like, you know, you're not alone. It's that we're, we're surrounded by this. This is a very real thing. It doesn't make it okay though. And so I just kind of leaned on my community, um, that had suddenly appeared and I used them to help me stay accountable with it. And I kept sharing, uh, just updates around going to therapy and medication. I just became very open about it because it, it suddenly became my obligation to stay open about it and, and be someone to help solve the, the problem uh, that, that we feel of, of not being able to talk about it. So what did you learn from that experience? Oh man, so much. <laughs> um, I learned that we can work through more than we think that, especially when we have a community that we surround ourselves with, because you have to reach out, you have to find your community. It's, it's really difficult, but you have to do that that it will make it a little bit easier and more bearable. Um, so I, I really learned the importance of community and having someone to help you stay accountable. I learned that not everyone is going to be the right person for you to talk to, no matter how close you are with them, whether they are family, whether they are your partner. I'm, I am very, very lucky to have a very supportive husband, but I've learned that 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 hasn't been the case for everyone struggling um and that's okay 
because the reality is they just might not be equipped to handle this specific challenge that you're going through. Um, but you got to find your people. Um, I've learned that things just take time. It's, it's as that former division one athlete and someone who works very hard, it's not always a matter of working through something. You might need to have professional help get on board. You might need to seek out the advice and the experience of someone who's gone through whatever it is and be humble about that, learn from them. Um, and that it just takes time. This has been an ongoing process for me for three years. And with my business, even that has been a process, like all these things, they just take time. And not only is that okay, it's just how it goes. Yeah. It's so interesting because we often want things to like fix or be changed overnight. And rarely does that ever happen. <laughs> it never does. No, no. Yeah. So what would you say to the mom who's feel like going through postpartum depression right now, whether she knows it or not, there is nothing wrong with you. And this is not a reflection of the job that you're doing as a mom, because I guarantee you're doing an incredible job. The fact that you care that you're having a tough time is proof that you're doing a great job. And I, I will say it again, depression doesn't need a reason. It can just happen. It's a biological thing. It can just happen. It doesn't care that you are working your ass off cleaning bottles and, you know, up multiple times a night and doing all this. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. So I would say, try to separate yourself and your behaviors, your actions, your decisions, your personality from something as just it's biological as depression and anxiety. Um, and, and to seek help, even though it's, I will say, I think the, one of the reasons we have a hard time talking about it is because we don't, there aren't enough um, people getting diagnosed with it that have it because it's very difficult to go and seek help. It's really, I mean, it's tedious, right? It takes time to make the appointment, to shuffle the baby, the kids out the door to, I mean, financially it's, it's tough. Like you might not find a therapist that you like, like there's all these barriers and obstacles to it. So I have way more respect for the people that do seek help versus the ones that are like, Oh, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong because it's so hard. So I would also say, give yourself that credit and, and appreciation and understanding that what you're doing is really hard and it's absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah. And I mean, I know I used to think it was weird to seek therapy or get help, um, and for the last several years I have, because it's what's needed. It's like, it'll probably always be in my life in some form or another, just to clear out the baggage or clear out the crap that happens in life, you know? Um, totally. yeah. So how has therapy helped you or kind of open your mind to different things or has it, I guess it, I mean, it definitely has, I think for me, the biggest takeaway from it is it's, it's been a practice for me to be totally honest with myself. And that's when I have gotten the most out of it. And again, going back to like, you know, how I, not how I was raised, but how I kind of chose my role in the family of like going along with everything and all the tough stuff that was happening, how I really felt about stuff. Therapy. I remember going into like my first appointment, my first session, telling myself, you're going to do this. You're going to spend a lot of money doing it. You better be honest about everything you're going through. Like, don't waste your time. Don't waste the therapist's time. And that has been the biggest takeaway is, is 
practicing that and being very truthful with yourself and how you think and how you feel. Um, because that has not come easy for me. And I have a feeling it doesn't come easy for most women generalizing for sure. But I think, um, that is part of what holds us back so much is because we're not being honest with ourselves at the cost of pleasing other people. Right. I could, yeah. I could go on about therapy takeaways, but that's probably the biggest one. <laughs> so do you have something like on a daily basis that you do or something, maybe if either daily basis or just when you're feeling a little down that you do to kind of remind yourself or to make yourself feel better? Yeah. I mean, so I could be a thousand times better about this and doing it consistently, but, um, it kind of, you know, adds on to what I just said about being honest with myself. The, the first thing that I do when I start feeling off and when I've learned that if you're feeling off, like really down for two weeks and you've tried everything to get out of it, then you have an actual problem that you might need to, you know, get a professional help professionals help with. Um, but that's number one is being honest with myself. If I'm not feeling great and I'm having a hard time getting out of bed for days in a row, I acknowledge that I don't just beat myself up anymore and say, you're being lazy like that. It's not what that is. It's just that I'm having a hard time. Like that's all it is. Um, so just acknowledging it and then giving myself grace around like just the simple day-to-day -day things, like getting back to someone right away and like being on my phone all the time to answer to other people or like get everything on the to-do list done. It's, it's really okay to step back and take care of yourself. Number one, but you got to be honest with yourself about that. And then the second thing that I found just to be hugely helpful for me is to prioritize first thing in the morning, uh, something for me right now, it's for my business because that really lights me up and, and like kind of, you know, fills my cup. Um, if, if it's just one thing a day that makes you feel good, like how, whatever that looks like, um, but do it before the rest of your day starts because it's like, I tell myself, okay, just do five minutes a day on my business, five minutes before my daughter wakes up before the whole morning shuffle. And what happens is I usually spend an hour, you know, but if I didn't do those five minutes, I probably wouldn't get it done that day. Cause I would just do a million other things. So, yeah. And it's funny. That's something in a small way, but I've been trying to be more intentional about finding the joy in the small things or mm -hmm. like making room for the joy in my day. So if it's like listening to music or like dancing or whatever it is, like just making that five minutes for it. Um, yeah. And like you said, earlier seems to be better. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise it will go by the, well, the dance parties though, too. That's another big one. You just reminded me of, uh, my, we have like a special every Friday. I try to do it more times a week, but like after dinner, we have a family dance party. We just blast music and, you know, dance around the kitchen, like total dorks. It's so fun. <laughs> I, I swear to you, there's nothing that there's like no bad mood unless you're depressed that like a, a dance party can't get you out of. <laughs> yes. No. And just like you, I do it on Fridays. I watch my nephews on Fridays. So uh -huh. every Friday it's a dance party. Turn on it's Alexa. A <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so how do you find time for, you know, family life and your business and how do you prioritize it all? I don't prioritize it. I'm terrible at it. I mean, I am trying my best without, I honestly, I have a tendency to like wear myself to the ground. It's, it's not healthy. I'm working on it. Um, I think, okay. 
I've, I've like condensed all the things that I want to do. I've just tried to narrow it down to a couple things, like a couple pillars, I guess. And one, yep. Being business. I have to touch on my business every day. Like if I can do it before my girl wakes up great, or I do it during her nap time, but at least one thing a day. And then I, tr- I've kind of made it my rule to cut that, off, like cut all the things off when dinner time hits. Um, this is such a work in progress, but dinner time on and at night, that's, that's my time with my family. Um, and I mean, my husband and I, we just usually end up sitting on the couch watching something funny, or we just talk about our day and what's going on, um, after dinner, after she goes down, but that's, I, I feel like these, you have to kind of outline your non-negotiables, um, make them non-negotiables, just be clear about that. So it sounds like you're very intentional about your family time. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that because you're making it a priority or do you set certain times that you do certain things or why do you think that is? Well, I, I think even just recently, like honestly, within the past couple months, I've had um, uh, a couple of things have happened where I just realized how how precious our life is and how precious our time on this earth is. And I just, yeah, it's just, I think it's evaluating, looking at how you're spending your time currently. And again, being very honest with, is that a good use of your time or not? Like, are you getting value from this thing or not? And if I fast forward to, you know, the end of my life and I find myself like, on my, on my deathbed, am I going to be like happy with how I made those decisions? Am I going to be proud of myself for the decisions that I made and how I spend my time? If no, where do I need to recalibrate? And that has been, um, another thing that I, I constantly try to practice now it's, do I need to be on my phone during dinner after dinner while my husband and I are are just spending that time together? Or do I want to be proud that I put the phone away or didn't check it as much because we had that time together. Like, of course. Right. Right. Um, and I mean, that's easier said than done, but that's kind of been my, just my mindset lately. If there's no, I don't have the ability to have a rigid schedule or calendar. Yeah. Um, it's too stressful for me. <laughs> and I think everybody does things differently and what, why, what might work for me won't work for you and vice versa, you know, mm-hmm. but it's important to know, like different people, what works for them? Because again, you yeah. know, I could say something on the podcast and people are like, that doesn't work for me at all. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's just yeah. like tweaking or yeah. hearing what you say and then maybe tweaking it and adjusting how it would work for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing. I think like anyone that has anxiety too can probably relate to that. Like I used to be way more rigid about my schedule and I, and I understand why that works for so many people. Um, I tend to get really wound up and I beat myself up if I'm not following that thing and I'm missing an appointment or I'm not checking it, that thing off my to-do list. So I've learned that about myself. And that's, that's why I just have like, you know, kind of these pillars of, okay, business, my fam, like momming, <laughs> being a good mom, doing all the mom things and time with my husband, our family time after dinner. Like that's, that's really it. Right. So yeah. do you ever struggle with mom guilt and how do you deal with oh that? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Um, 
I have to say, I, I have been very fortunate, you know, with my family has been fortunate with my husband's job. I haven't had to have like the typical nine to five job. Uh, I've been able to, you know, be my daughter's primary caregiver. And like my husband, and I, we've, it's been the three of us, especially during the pandemic. I haven't had to manage homeschooling. You know, she's in an outdoor preschool now, but she's not old enough to be at school. I haven't had a, my job while momming her, you know, so it's, I've been very fortunate. I, I still though, constantly am, am like wondering if I'm doing enough as a mom, or I know for a fact I could be doing more with my business. Um, of course. And so it's just like going back to just slowing shit down and taking an inventory of like, okay, this is knowing those lives are so much more different. Like all the people are telling you like, do this, do that. It's like, those are, that's great for them. But my life realistically, if these things are important to me, how can I realistically make sure I'm doing the best that I can at those things? It's, it's just constantly like checking in, reevaluating, um, and recalibrating. Yeah. And it sounds like you're kind of looking at your values and the things that are important to you and then just finding a way to, um, be intentional about those things. Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah, something we often talk about on the O2B podcast is about confidence and mindset. Um, do you have anything that you do that can help us improve our confidence or mindset? You know, I, I'm going to steal from Kathy Heller on this one because, oh man, she just hit the nail on the head with it. Um, confidence follows action and action follows courage. And I think she is absolutely right that typically we just need 20 seconds of courage to, you know, trigger that action. And the more we act, the more confidence we'll have because we'll just have that experience gained over and over and over. Um, I, I have struggled with confidence issues most of my life, especially like through college. And I would just say, even up through the last couple of years, you know, um, I think becoming a mom has helped me shift that because it's forced me to do that work. And I think the confidence has followed for me. The action for me has been, again, like I'm going to drill this into everyone listening, be honest with yourself and how you feel. Um, because that's only when you can take honest action about how to improve your life, whatever you're going through. So be honest and then do the work, take the action, whether it's therapy, if you're really struggling, or if it's, you know, recalibrating your priorities and, and how you intentionally spend your time, um, your goals, like be honest with your dreams and what you really, really want, you know, and don't, who gives a shit if it's different from something someone else wants. Um, it's okay to want more. It's okay to want different. It's okay to want better. And, um, and then think about just the easy, small steps you can take to get towards those things. And then just pick a thing and freaking go for it. Just find that 20 seconds of courage and just put yourself out there and see yeah. what happens. So good. And it's like, who knows what that, that honest, honest action or just the honesty or being weird or doing your own thing that you're not seeing other people do, who knows what that will mm -hmm. open up for you? Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, this might be a negative mentality for me to have, but I always, I go into something now and I'm like, they're not going to want this. They're not going to even respond to me. <laughs> like they're, gonna, they're going to think I'm a weirdo. I might even put that in my pitch now. It's like, 
hey, if you've gotten this far and you don't think I'm a total nut job, like would love to talk with you. You know, it's just kind of like yeah. just freaking own it and then see what happens because it's, it's so ironic that like, since having this approach of just like, you know, since I've thought, let's just see what happens. It's like, I feel more in line with myself and who I am as a weird, like, it's so much more fun, you know? And like, if people get on board, great. We're going to, I know we're going to have a great time together. If they don't, they're not my person and that's okay. You know, but just put yourself out there because <laughs> people love me more for it. Right. Really. And probably more freeing too, because you don't have that weight of trying to cover something up or not say something, you know? <laughs> oh my God. It's so much more freeing. Yeah. And I mean, this goes back to like, you know, finding your people when, if you're going through like depression or anxiety or whatever it is, like you're going to find your people. And, the, and like, you might realize some people are not your people and that's okay. Like free them from that responsibility to be there, to be there for you when they don't know how, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. It's, it's freeing for both sides for both parties yeah okay so I I know we're gonna wrap up soon but I want to ask you how do you find your people you have to keep putting yourself out there honestly number one um and number two like I, I could get better at this as well but give back to them you know just be human and and like be a, just a caring compassionate like genuine person and in doing that like people will be appreciative of that and they'll give back to you. It just, I think it's, there's no real like trick to it. I don't think, um, other than it's not even a trick. It's just showing up as yourself and just being honest about how you feel about things. And people are going to be attracted to that. Like the right people I think will be attracted to that. So good. Like it sounds so easy, but it's something that we forget about, you know, so it's, it's a great freaking hard. <laughs> so it's terrifying. It is. <laughs> I'm going to like have to listen back to this. These are all like notes to myself, by the way, this is like, Sarah, get your shit together. This is uh, what you need to do. Who are you to be <laughs> talking about this? Or greeting cards to yourself. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah, let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want. Oh my gosh. That's a great question. I would say look inward. If you feel you're ordinary, I'm going to call you out on this and give you some tough love. If you feel like, well, yeah, I'm an ordinary person. I'm not a badass. I feel that that is the result of you not doing the work to look at yourself. Look at how amazing you are. Look at how unique you are. Like, what are some things that only you have experienced? What are some things that only you have learned that only, you know, that only you can offer and bring those out, like stop being selfish and keeping those within yourself, like share that with the rest of the world and try to do everything you can to use those in a way that will help other people. Um, because if you just try your best to do that each day, even like five minutes at a time, you know, which might turn into an hour at a time, whatever it is, whatever you can give, I think you will feel more and more like a badass. So good. And for those, I'm just going to say, this is Sarah's card. It's you're doing it. <laughs> so in the <laughs> words of Sarah, <laughs> um, you're doing the work. You're a total badass. So I love that. Sarah, how can we connect with you? Oh, thank you so much. Um, 
I'm on Instagram at HeyWeegs, H-E-Y-W-E-E-G-S for all things related to my card company. And I just, I mean, I end up sharing a lot of my weirdo self too and um, on there. And then of course on my website, HeyWeegs.com, that's uh, where all my greeting cards are, but I'm all over Instagram. Let's reach out there and have some fun. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. You've been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Marie. This is awesome. Thank you. And with that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Wasn't Sarah badass? If you like this episode as much as I did, I would love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Now, were you aware that there is a giveaway of the I Am Badass glasses, the anti-blue light glasses, which are so badass. And they say, I am a badass on the inside. So if you want to enter that giveaway, head on over to iTunes, leave a rating and review, then screenshot it and put it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Ordinary to Badass. That's the way you can definitely win the glasses. If you don't want to enter the giveaway, you can also just head on over to OrdinaryToBadass.com slash store and buy your pair buy your pair today they're getting good reviews so definitely check them out all right with that i will talk to you on thursday now that you've listened to this episode of ordinary to badass we want to hear from you go to our website ordinary to badass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's ordinarytobadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.